Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, it's Kayla. I'm so happy you're able to join us today because we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. What do you do when the results of a DNA test change your identity as you know it? And why do families keep these secrets? I am discussing all of this and so much more with our guest today, Carmen Rita Wong. Carmen is the author of Why Didn't You Tell Me? She co-created and hosted CNBC's On the Money, and she hosted Marketplace Money, and she heads her own production company with a focus on female-led content. She's an editor and advice columnist. In regards to Why Didn't You Tell Me? New York Times has said she is a master storyteller. And People Magazine noted that her book is a stunner about race, culture, and the deeper meaning of family. Well, we get into all of that. So without further ado, here is my lovely conversation with Carmen Rita Wong. And I am here with Carmen Rita Wong. I am so excited to talk to you and talk all about Why Didn't You Tell Me, your memoir that is fascinating. Truly, I could not put it down. And this is not just me saying this because we are on mic. 
I was glued to it. My husband was trying to get my attention and I'm like, wait a minute, one more page, one more page. I would love for our listeners who haven't read it yet just to get a tiny little synopsis. Talk to us about what it was like believing you had a Chinese father who you thought was very much your father and took until you were 31 to find out that he wasn't your father at all. Yeah. Well, you know, I wrote, you can tell your husband, I wrote the book like that on purpose, like so that you couldn't turn So you could not put it down because, you know, memoir is, is a, is a is sometimes a strange place, you know, it's like, yeah. why does anyone pick up a memoir? And, you know, sometimes if you don't share something with someone or know them because they're famous or whatever, you know, you're kind of like, why? And I love reading books that are page turners and mm-hmm. life can be a real page turner, especially yours. Well, I was going to say, I was, <laughs> Kayla, this is what my life has been like. And it's almost as if I wanted you as readers, I want you to feel a little bit what it's like, that kind of, wait, and then what happened? And mm-hmm. then what? You know, mm-hmm. and then what did I do? Because that's kind of the way it's felt like been my life. So a little synopsis is, yes, this is a story about discovering that I was raised in a big secret, big secret. And, you know, my mother had the opportunity when I was 31 to tell me the truth before she passed away. And she had the time to do so. And instead she told me another story about who my father was. And then it wasn't until DNA testing that the truth came out. But I have to say that the story, you know, why didn't you tell me that question it's kind of like I, and, I, and this is how I break up the chapters too, is, you know, I'm talking to kind of my mother's ghost, right? Mm. I'm trying to figure her out because why would someone do this? Yeah. You know, why would she think that she had to live such uh, lies, you know? Why was this so important to her? And frankly, the people around her, let me tell you, her family was not going to tell me. And, you know, the ones she was closest to and, and also, too, that really helped me figure out who I am. Yes. When you figure out who came before you, you figure yourself out. It's pretty amazing. And not that I recommend everyone write a memoir, please, no. But <laughs> because it's painful. But also, it's that rewarding that you can figure that out. You know, your mother, Lupe, was a young 20-something single mother of two at one point. And being a mother of two, I I felt for her throughout this. I mean, that's what's so beautiful about the way you write is, yes, you are talking to her ghost, but you are also writing it in such a way where we feel love for your mother, even after everything that she has done for you, because you still feel love for your mother after everything that she has done for you. And Throughout this whole journey, you know, you grew up in the Bronx. It was loud. It was multicultural. You had your whole family around you. Your cousins were across the street. And, you know, I that life is so boisterous and loud and yeah. filled with love. And, you, you're, you're, you know, your grandma was with you at that point. And, and then suddenly you guys yeah. move. Your mom remarries. You guys yeah. move to New Hampshire. And yeah. Which is a predominantly like white middle class neighborhood, and oh, oh, that was it. That was all it was. <laughs> Let's take out the word predominantly. It's just a white middle class neighborhood. Yeah. So you know, talk to us a little bit about what that experience is like, trying to assimilate into this culture that you had never really seen before. I mean, there's there's a moment that I love in the book. 
it's a beautiful moment actually where your stepdad is teaching your mom how to drive. She's such a New Yorker. She doesn't know how to drive. Your, your stepdad's teaching her how to drive. It's such a beautiful, you know, montage moment of a movie. I can picture it in my head. It's so cute. You kids are in the car. But then there's, you know, of course, I just I feel for you guys because this is the first time that you realize you're a foreigner in your own country because your neighbor calls the cops on you. The cop said the neighbors called because there were Puerto Ricans casing the neighborhood. Right. And that was you and your family. And that's just racism up. And oh, my up, God. Up, yeah, right in our face. So, yeah, it was my first real encounter with it at that time. And how old are you at this point? I was like five. Wow. You know, and I it, it was that much of a memory seismically because it was confusing on many levels because I didn't understand what the cops would have to do with being Puerto Rican. Like for me, you got to understand. I mean, oh, by the way, I must correct this before the Bronx, my Bronx brothers and sisters get on me. But oh. I was in Harlem. Oh, I'm so and sorry. Chinatown. <laughs> You know, these things for New Yorkers are very important, very important. But yes, it was between, we lived between, you know, Harlem and our apartment, all this stuff. And then, and then Poppy, Poppy Wong, who's the Chinese side. And so he would take us on weekends to Chinatown where he lived. But yeah, super, super colorful. And we end up in New Hampshire and I had just, it was being split not only from our family who all remained in the city, but all the cultures were being raised in and the colors, right? So all of a sudden we were not only foreigners, we were bad. We were bad. And that's the message that I got. We were lesser than and we were bad. It was a tough, tough lesson for kids to learn. But I think that you go through something like that and it forces you to really discover who you really are, right? And it forces you to dig deep, which is maybe why you ended up writing this. No, here's what I think, because I also get from older generations who are all like, oh, but Lupe, this is why you are, she did good and blah, blah, blah. Listen, you do not have to go through hell to become a resilient, successful person. Mm -hmm. I think that the idea that that kind of like trauma somehow makes you, that's why I'm so successful. And that's why, sure. I mean, we can explain a lot of that stuff, but I still think that, you know, I'm still me. I would have still figured life out. I still would have been different than my family. I still would have probably been successful because I swear to God, I was just born with this like chip that I needed to see and experience the world. And it never left me, even when I was here in the city and before all the trauma happened. Though I have to tell you, that's the thing is that Guadalupe was she did a lot for me, but she did a lot to me. Mm. Okay. She was abusive. She was, and I do describe that in the book. She mm -hmm. was very abusive. She was very angry. But I describe her in a way that does not villainize her. Right. Because that's part of this whole process, right? Is I had to look at my mother as a separate human being from me, making those choices as a single parent with the kids no way out. She had her an arranged marriage at 19 at the first one. You know, what was she going to do? I had to look at her that way. And so that requires, of course, some, some compassion and some empathy and all that. And I do have all of that. But I say to folks, it's like, yeah, sure. You could say I am who I am today in spite or despite or, you know, there's, mm -hmm. it, it's complicated, but I have to say the one thing that New Hampshire, that kind of coming up with racism really, really helped me do is understand how to navigate a white world. Mm. So mm. that was its odd gift, Kayla, is I got to understand how to operate in a white world. And not only on top of that, 
you had the responsibility of your siblings. Well, I, I mean, you were essentially, you were forced to grow up at a really young age. And you had four younger siblings. And there's even a story in the book where at one point your stepdad comes home and your mom's in a room and not, not refusing to come out and your stepdad expects you to make dinner for the entire family. And I mean, there is so yeah. much, as you say, abuse that happened in, within all of this. I wonder as a mother now, yeah. you know, do, does it bring, it must bring up so much. I mean, do you, how do you cope with it uh, every day? Because it really is in your face every day with raising your own child now. And then you can't help but compare. Well, Kayla, my daughter's 16 oh. and I have been in weekly therapy for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> do the math. Yeah. That baby popped out and I was like, "Woo, I right. got stuff to deal with because I refuse to be my mother. I refuse to create another me. There's no reason. Like it, my thing is, you know, especially for, you know, kids of immigrants or first generation who's like, you're the first to get an education. You're the first to, you know, work professionally. You're the first blah, blah, blah. To be able to sit there and say to your kids, I don't want them to necessarily have to ha have the difficulties I had, mm -hmm. right? That is not just about financial things. It's not just about financial security. It's not just about an education or this. It's really about how are you parenting them and can they live with less trauma and pain and ending that awful cycle that's been passed down to you. So it, it has taken a tremendous amount of work and I still, oh, I still do it, girl. I mean, I especially with a 16-year-old. I feel like a 16-year-old in general <laughs> is, I, I need all the tips from you because that's when I, I'm terrified Wait, for that yours? age. My, I, one in four. So I've got oh. a long way to go, but I'm very, oh, mama. I'm really yeah. nervous for the teen years. I have to be honest with you. I think yeah. for me, raising a teenage girl, when I first found out I was having a little girl, that's the first thought that popped in my, into my head. I was terrified of it because I think mother-daughter relationships are wildly complicated, no matter what. Yeah. We'll be right back in just a minute. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. And we're back. No matter what. I do have to say, even though I'm both the mother and the father and all those things, I'm, I'm all of that. But I, I do have to say that I think the best thing I learned was what I did to my mother in the book, which is this person does not belong to me, is not a projection of me. This person is their own person. Really kind of learning that and digesting it and, and practicing it daily as to what that looks like, accepting her and her likes and her personality and her the things that she wants to do on her terms in the sense of not doing like, you need to do what I want you to do. You need to be who I need you to be or what, you know, what are you wearing? Really letting go in those spaces and accepting her. It's a, it's an exercise. And I'll tell you, it's so rewarding, really, for your relationship. Really hard to do. I, I I know I grew up, sure. you know, kind of putting my parents on a pedestal. And you talk about that as well in the book of like, at what age do you realize they're just human? That why, I wonder people. why we put them on such a pedestal. Um, and because most people do, they are just people. And allowing them to fail, but also like just seeing them for all they are. It's wildly difficult. And um you can do it though. <laughs> you can do it. Thank you. Thank you for this. I'm, I'm sure that's what yeah, you're, you, can do it. <laughs> you know, I think so much of our culture is our identity. Obviously, I know you and your brother, Alex, were wildly close and uh, believing that you were full siblings your whole life. And that must, I can't, can you share with our listeners a little bit about what that moment is like? Can you even put that into words of what it feels like to, you know, think that your, you know, ride or die ally, your brother for life may not be your full biological brother and what that does to you? Is that even something you can get over or process? I, I, I don't even have words for it. I was sobbing in the book when I read it. Oh, thank you. I love Alex so much. Like, <laughs> seriously, I, I talk about somebody like I wouldn't be here without someone. It would be him. Mm -hmm. like 
That man, that boy really showed me love and protection, except for those couple years when we were teenagers and wanted to murder each other. But, you know, just so you know. See, again, those teen years. I'm terrified. (laughs) Those teen years. If you can survive those teen years, what I'll tell you is we had a adult lifetime uh, being close again. So it's it's always going to be there as long as the foundation's there. Right. And the thing was, is that it was so devastating. I tried to put into words, right? I mean, I I tried, but wow, I can't explain in the moment that many years ago what that felt like. It felt like physical. It was like physical pain. It was like someone reaching into my chest and pulling my heart, like pulling pieces of me out. It was a, a cleaver, like right down the middle. But then... Here's the great thing, though, in doing all this work on myself and on the family history. And just like, if anything, it just made me realize, like, family is who shows up for you. Biological family is very important. I'm very, very happy that the universe, you know, after spending years and lots of money, genealogists, all this stuff to try to figure out who my real father was, that sometimes all it takes is time and this and, you know, a click of the refresh button and it'll happen. But you really, I think as you get older, you really start to realize the most important relationships are the ones where you have a two-way relationship, where you show up for them, they show up for you. You genuinely like each other. You genuinely love each other. My brother and I, we could argue on the phone, we could fight. And then like, you know, 15 minutes later, I'd be like, gee, want or something? What's going on? Or I could call him the next day and be like, what's happening? Anyway, you know, it was the best kind of relationship. We could talk about these sort of things. So I think if you have those relationships, it, you know, this whole book and this whole experience of my life has really helped me understand what family means to me, what family is to me. For sure. Can can you talk about the healing process of what writing this book was? I mean, it had to have been. Was it healing or was it almost the opposite where you're pulling all (laughs) these memories out? Yeah, because I can tell by your face. Maybe it wasn't so so healing. (laughs) (laughs) It was both. It was a double-edged sword. I think any time that you evolve, right, and to, to you and all of those listeners who, as you get older and you're kind of scared of old age and what's going to happen when the kids are grown and who are you going to be and blah, blah, blah. As you stop caring about how the world told you to be, told you you had to be, defined you, how you played the game, how you had to live professionally, and you start realizing like who you are, who you really are, it's tremendously healing, mm. tremendously grounding. It's like you finally feel like your feet are on these really nice, firm soil and the outside world gets a lot less noisy. But was it healing versus was it painful? Absolutely painful. Because as you read in the book, there's a lot of painful things that happened yeah, to me as the book was being written and came through. And But super healing in the sense that like, I used to be so angry at my mom. Like when you're mm-hmm. raised with a lot of abuse and anger and control and gaslighting and narcissism and all those things because she was a raging narcissist. You're you're filled with resentment and anger. Kayla, I came out the other side of that, like nobody's business. And what what's great is, is that if she were to like appear before me now, I'd scream. But then I'd also just be like, what the hell are you doing here? And I wouldn't, she could say whatever. And I would, it would just fall off me because now I'm very clearly can see a people 
really project. Mm. She went through what she went through. She learned how to navigate the world in a very unhealthy way, but that's not my responsibility. Yeah. That's not mine anymore. Do you attribute that transformation to therapy? Were you able to get to this point through therapy? Is that the tool that really did it for you? Or I'm wondering how you were able to get there. I say to folks, it's like, look, yes, therapy is great. But in order for therapy to work, you got to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do the work. I can't tell you so many people. I've heard so many people be like, I've been therapy for years. And then they go and like they do something apps like no self-awareness whatsoever. You know, it's like you got to you got to find somebody who's willing to do the work with you. Mm -hmm. And then you got to do it on your own. I've always wanted. Especially in my 20s, I went through this whole period of after that first you know, that starter marriage and that divorce. I was like, girl, what the are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? You know, and I went through this whole period of like, I had to read every single book on psychology and self-help. And my my master's is in psychology because I really was determined to not regret my life and its choices. I continue to make mistakes, my dear. Which well, I hello, you're human. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> if you could just yeah. major in yeah, psychology yeah, yeah. and not make mistakes, that'd be amazing. I <laughs> uh, know. But you know, it's like I, I, it was that much I had to work through that it took like a couple decades to really work through it. But I do believe that people can do it. Yes. Yeah. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And we're back. And you had a marriage for our listeners. I mean, without giving away every aspect of the book, I mean, it is truly phenomenal. You, it's such a page turner. You have to, you Thank have you to so read much. it. And we'll have a link in our show notes. But without, you know, giving everything away, you 
your first marriage, you were really, it checked all the boxes. You were really trying to make it work. You guys were this power couple and wildly successful and beautiful. And everyone thought you were amazing and you had it all together and you just honestly didn't. And that's okay. But you had this, and listen, we've all been there, where you put on this facade, like you do have it all together. And then suddenly it crumbled. And then that's when you went through reading all the books and doing all the things and finding out who you really were, realizing that your identity was not within that sort of like projection of that. And I just commend you for all the self-work you've done. I don't know if there's anyone, I mean, I'm sure there are, but you have admittedly done so much work. And I respect that so much because I think self-work is the hardest work. It is acknowledging who you really are and figuring out the, the kinks that need, you know, ironing out. And I'm wondering if you are willing to talk to us about why you kept the name Wong. Because I think this is really a fascinating part. So Carmen Rita Wong, always your name. Because I'm a Wong, Kayla. Okay, no, I know, but that's what I want. Because I'm a Wong. Like, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's funny. Well, one thing, like, let's let's understand that if, if it wasn't a Chinese name and this did not have to do with race, no one would be questioning why <sighs> I kept his name, really. Right. This is about, this is a race question, right? So, you know, we have these two things, which some of us like really it, uh, many made up things, but I'll say this in terms of culture versus race. I was raised a Wong. I buried Poppy mm-hmm. last summer. Sorry. I took care of him till the end. He was my father. He wanted me. Now, he was a real pain in the ass gangster. I mean, he was not a good person, but he showed up. But and he loved constantly. You. Yeah. And he loved me like a crazy man. So mm-hmm. and he was my brother's father. He's my niece's grandfather. He's my daughter's in, in Chinese Kung Kong is what she called him. And you cannot erase all of that. Like that's your parent, right? So do I say to people like racially do i say to people i'm dominican and chinese no no well also dominican's not a race it's you know do i say afro latina chinese no but was i raised dominican chinese yes yes am i a wong yes i am poppy's daughter that's just that's just what it is there's very different you know i've i've done quite a few interviews too with the adoption community oh. right uh-huh and when you have cross racial adoption the idea that, you know, you can be racially from or genetically from Asia, raised American, and that idea of like, what, are you going to change your name to an Asian name? No. So it gets complicated. But in many ways, if you think about how are you shaped in your life, who raised you? That's your name. Yeah. That's your claim. Thank you for saying that. That's really, really what I was hoping to get out of you is that like uh, that idea of, you know, it's people make you people make you who you are. And that's what Poppy did for you. And there is an it's amazing not like I'm pretending. No, I'm no, you pretending. aren't pretending. You aren't. And in fact, you're <laughs> yeah, starting the conversation. Chinese. No, but what you're doing yeah. is starting the conversation. And it's a conversation that we don't have enough. And I'm really yeah. happy we're having it right now on this podcast for that reason. And I'm happy that you wrote this book for that reason. I do think it's so interesting. There's a moment where your body is almost communicating to you about 
Poppy Wong and how you talk about how there's this weird whisper within you and you start to feel unsettled and you know it's surrounding Poppy Wong, but you don't know what it is yet. And it's almost as if your body knew or and your mind wasn't able to wrap around it yet. But I just thought that part was so fascinating because, you know, that's that starts the whole investigation into is he your father? Is he not? But I think sometimes our bodies communicate with us or I I really don't know, but I just thought that was really interesting. Can you expand on that just a little bit more? Because I don't know what that really is, but there's something there. So true. No, there is really something there. I'm sure and I know a lot of folks who were found out later about who their parent, like that their parents are not their parents. We all share this like weird subconscious understanding that something's wrong. And when, when I say my, my body felt it, it was almost as if now imagine going your whole life living a lie that isn't just about you, but about the person who lives with you 24 seven. It's, it, it's yours but you're looking at their face every day. It's gotta, you know, mess you up. I was definitely treated differently than my younger sisters from my mother's second marriage and even from my brother. There were different rules for me. There were different expectations for me. It was a strange, uh, weird place to live, you know, Mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I know that what happened is my subconscious and then my body, because that's where you hold all that stuff. Yeah. Really was like, girl, something's off here. And the thing was, it wasn't just about my looks, or as we call it in the in the mixed gene business, the phenotype, right? Mm-hmm. Because my cousins, who I lived with originally when, when I was born in Manhattan, they were also Dominican Chinese. And they looked completely Asian. And no one believed they were Dominican. So to have my brother and I look much more Dominican and then have them look Asian was not considered, this is what happens when you mix families, you never know. Right, Like you can get, you know, one blonde kid, one curly haired kid, you never know. So for us, this was very much a norm and my mother's family ranged in color from white to black. So it was not questioned, but it was much more about this feeling of I am different, like really different like to my bones and I don't know why. And I, I don't like it. It felt very unmoored. It felt very kind of floating in outer space. I felt like something was wrong, like standing on one leg your whole life. It, yeah. Your body knows. It picks up yeah, on Yeah, it's fascinating. It truly, that whole chapter was fascinating for me. You know, if your mom came back, what would you say to her? <laughs> I say, Lupe. <laughs> <laughs> Guadalupe. Ay, yay, yay. I would probably just say, you know, I mean, the first thing out of my mouth is because I just, in writing the book, I, I just constantly would pretend she was sitting there and just be like, mm. why, why, why? And I know she made up stories. And, and the thing is, that's the thing is that a lot of parents, please don't do this, but a lot of parents of another generation really kind of were their own spin doctors. They were their own PR, you know? They made up these really great stories to put themselves in a certain light or to hide secrets about certain family members, or to make things easier for you. So it's hard, but I think I would just tell her, instead of asking her and listening, I would tell her, I understand. I understand. Wow. That's it. I just say, I get it, mommy. Wow. I get it. Now, notice I didn't say, I didn't say, 
Kayla, I didn't say I forgive you. Uh huh. Because I don't. Right. Because she would never apologize. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And my terms of forgiveness, which is a gift, I tell people the word give is in the word forgiveness. You're, you're giving a gift to someone who has caused you pain. Let them earn that gift because if they haven't earned it, then it's just more pain. Why are you giving into an empty vessel? So if she were to be like, I'm so sorry, Carmencita, which is what she called me, Carmencita, I'm so sorry. She would say, I, I just did the best I could do. And da, 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 da. and then I would be like, I, mommy, I forgive you, of course. Wow. You know, my heart breaks for you that there's a moment in the book where you have your own apartment. Finally, you are working at Christie's and you are making money. She shows up and she takes money from you, saying that you're her daughter and your money is her money. I think forgiving acts like that has got to be wildly difficult. And I really commend you. No boundaries. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Kayla, I really no commend you. I didn't say I forgive her though, because she ain't here. Oh, you're right. But no, you know, you're right. You understand it. You aren't forgiving. I understand yeah, it. She had right. no boundaries. She had no opportunities. So she felt incredible entitlement. I was an extension of her. her. And I used to say that to her. I say, mommy, I am not an extension of you. I am not a piece of you. I'm not your arm or your leg. You cannot just take things from me. You cannot demand these things from me. And she'd be like, but you're my daughter, my daughter. And it was always this my, my, this idea that you're, you own your kids. You don't own your kids. You are entitled with raising them. You have a mm. responsibility to them, but they are separate human beings. So you got to treat them like separate human beings and respect the fact, you know, that, that I would, you know, wait tables next to hers to, to get through college. And then, you know, I would go in my little drawer where I worked so hard, 12 hour shifts and find, you know, she'd taken money my money all those things yeah. yeah i just yeah it's been such an an amazing wild journey that you have turned into this beautiful memoir and i really congratulate you and thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us i think there's so much to learn everyone listening you you have to pick up her book i mean it is why didn't you tell me is truly one of the best memoirs i've ever read and you're right memoir is tricky this doesn't feel like it's a memoir it feels like a story except it was your life and it is your life. Thank you, so Kayla. thank you for joining us today. And I just, you know, like to end every episode asking, there are a lot of younger listeners on our podcast who are trying to decide, you know, in key moments of their lives, trying to decide who they are, you know, what they want to do with their life, with their marriage, with their everything, you know, as young mother, anything. Is there any advice you can give in the sense of, you know, what you've learned thus far and how you can really grow yeah. into be who you really are? Yes. Yes. First of all, everything, you can feel lost and unhappy. and Just keep going. I, that sounds so trite, but it's absolutely true. Just keep moving forward somehow. And then in terms of yourself, be curious about yourself. Be curious about why certain people bring out a reaction in you. Hmm. Be curious why certain people cause you so much pain. What's going on? What's going on in there? Who does that person remind you of? What haven't you dealt with yet? Why do you have a physical reaction to whatever? I, back to our body part, right? Like this yeah. is a big part of it is really stopping and listening. And I say, you know, to my daughter, it's like instead of reacting, act. So that wow. means don't, don't just knee-jerk reflex, even open your mouth, you know, whatever. What Can you stop? Can you stop and take a minute? How are you 
how would you handle this, you know? And in terms of your life decisions, think and be curious about where, do, where, when am I laughing? Like, you know, we make always note mm. about like when we're in pain or when we're crying, <laughs> when are you laughing? When are you smiling? When does, when do you forget about your to-do list and you're just kind of like in it? Like that makes you so happy. Remember those moments because that will lead you more towards those moments and towards people and situations that build those moments and don't wait as long as I do <laughs> to do it. But it's never too late at the same time. No, uh, wow. I've never, you know, using that term, be curious, it doesn't hold so much heavy weight to it all. It allows right. us to kind of in look in internally and try and figure ourselves out without having a big burden. It, there's a lightness to that and a love to that. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, that's amazing. You're Thank worth you. getting to know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm so grateful yeah. to have you on. Thank you so much. Truly. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I Carmen had so much to share. I really loved her conversation. I mean, obviously her whole entire rant about be curious about life, about who you are. It's really beautiful. And I'm going to take that with me. Just a reminder to be kind to yourself through all of this, that we're all going through a lot. And it's okay to go through a lot and to be kind to ourselves and know that we are doing our best and that other people are also doing their best. And family is tough. Family is amazing, but it's also a lot. And that's okay too. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged and enjoyed Carmen's perspective on the world. We have another great one coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions, hosted by me, Kayla Yule. Produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Editing by Diane Kang. Post-production sound by Coco Lawrence. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. <laughs>